now, O son of man, I have set thee a watchman unto the house of Israel. Therefore, thou shalt hear the word of my mouth and warn them from me. Have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. Coming to you from an undisclosed location in Middle Tennessee and examining current events from a biblical perspective, this is Bible News Radio with your hosts, Randall and Stacy Harp. This is Matthew West. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. I like this music. It's so fun. Welcome to Free For All Friday, people. I jumped into this show like halfway mid-song. But anyway, hello, people. Uh, Welcome to the show. Glad that you're here. Most of you. (laughs) I just said that out loud. Yeah, I did. Wait. All right. Anyway, hello. (laughs) I uh, hope you're having a a good night. (laughs) So you're saying that most of the people here are you're just glad that... Most, most, you're glad, you're not glad that all of them that are here are here. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, there's a few people I wish would go away, but that's okay. All right, I'm it gone. Is, it is one of the, <laughs> I guess, I don't know, was that nice? That wasn't real nice, was it? Whatever. Well, anyway, I hope you all have a, had a, had a good day. I, I surveyed my Facebook friends and. Ask them if they had a good day, 
and most of them did. Some of them complained, of course. <sighs> Whatever. Well, anyway, hey, it is uh, Friday night. Yep, I see Jeannie and Forrest over on YouTube. And there's four other people watching over there. I don't know who you are unless you put your name in there. I see Mia over and Euro Maestro and Who Is Like God 2 and Jackson over on Periscope. <laughs> Periscope showing 12 whole viewers. Yeah, Periscope, you're like rolling them out to my 6,000 plus followers, aren't you? Yeah, you are. Ugh, anyway, and whoever's on Facebook, I'm sure you're there. Hello. If you're on Twitch, I'm sure you're there some sometimes and wherever, Mixer. Uh, is that it? Is that everything? The only mixer's not cooperative. Oh, there it goes, finally. All right. Yeah, there we go. It and only took about uh, five times to get Mixer to go. So Yeah, whatever. I was watching Mixer, picking up right here. You missed, um, what, uh, five minutes of Bible News Radio goodness. I know. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Gosh, you're so cute. Yeah. Anyway, um, let's see what else. So if you're listening to the podcast... Yes. Thank you. You might want to let me know you're out there. I work really hard to put this thing on podcast. And Jeannie and George is there. Hi, George. Jeannie said she had a great day at the rest home. Good. Proud of you for going there. Yeah, I am. All right. So, uh, so I put the interview with the Antichrist book in the background so you can see it tomorrow night. Jeff Kinley, my friend, is going to be joining me on screen to talk about his brand new book. It is an Amazon bestseller, New York Times. Well, I don't know if it's a New York Times bestseller, <laughs> but it is a best-selling book. If you haven't gotten it yet, then you might want to go get it because it's cool. And so we're talking to him tomorrow. And then next week, on next Saturday, I have a woman who has an amazing testimony. I met her locally. I'm not going to say her name, but what I will tell you is that she is a coach and she is somebody who's worked with professional athletes. She overcame anxiety and fear and paralyzing stuff like that, mental health stuff, in order now to inspire the masses. And then the week after that, I have booked, I think, somebody who's an attorney who's going to be talking to us a little bit about attorney stuff, but really he's going to be on to talk about cancer and how we can help people who are struggling with cancer by helping raise money to help fight cancer because cancer sucks. Yeah, it does. Anybody who's ever been affected by cancer knows that. And, uh, and so we're going to talk, we have an interesting couple of lineups here tonight. What we're going to do is we're going to, uh, look at a, a passage in the book of Luke, chapter 10. <clears throat> and I'm going to start the show talking about that. And then we're going to look at some of the headlines, including how the liberal media is using the coronavirus to attack people, to attack, to mock us. Mockers and scoffers. Yeah, they are. Um, media are. Yeah, I had to pick on. The, I forget which outlet the article is on. This is media uses. There's a disc. There's a disagreement in a number there. It's a plural 
noun with a singular verb. Three media use. Either medium uses or media use. So, you know, so. <laughs> okay, just, now everybody, I want you to look at Bearface's face. Okay, I was trying to point this out to him yesterday. Okay, now look at look how Bearface smiles. When Bearface smiles, he has like just go back to your normal smile. <laughs> so when he, he 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 doesn't normally smile that much, but you see how his face. No, I try not to smile. It, go, it goes like it's 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 bad for my complexion. <laughs> it goes okay. He's his face goes down <laughs> like that. You see that he has a sad smiley face. It's it's a funny smiley face because because <laughs> see how I smile normal. He looks creepy when he does that. <laughs> so I try not to smile. See, it is bad for my complexion when I smile. No, it's not. You have, the <laughs> but there are some people that have that. It's when they're smiling, like Randall. You see how he his face turns in? It, it it's it turns in. See, like right there. I can't point at it, but it's you guys can see what I'm talking about. Anyway, I was trying to tell him that when he smiles that way, I was laughing. He's like, "What are you laughing at?" I go, "I'm laughing at your smile because it's funny." Anyway, whatever. <clears throat> so, all right. So if you're if you came to hear the coronavirus story, come back in 20 minutes because I'm not going to get to it until 20 minutes later from now. Okay, we're going to look at Luke chapter 10. I want to start with this uh, because I want to I want to set the, sh the the show. This is Bible News Radio, so we're going to read. Um, we're going to read about the Good Samaritan people. Okay, so here it is, Good Samaritan, and Luke chapter 10, verse 30. It says here, Jesus replied and said, A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among robbers, and they stripped him and beat him and went away, leaving him half dead. And by chance, a priest was going down on that road, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. Likewise, a Levite also, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan who was on a journey came home, came, well, came upon him, and when he saw him, he felt compassion and came to him and bandaged up his wounds, pouring oil and wine on them, and he put him on his own beast and brought him to an inn and took care of him. On the next day, he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper and said, take care of him and whatever more you spend, when I return, I will repay you. Which of these three do you think proved to be a good neighbor to the man who fell into the robber's hands? And he said, the one who showed mercy toward him. Then Jesus said to him, go and do the same. So, of course, the previous story here that we read is about, um, you know, who is your neighbor? So if you look, look, look up in the first couple of verses, it says here, and a lawyer stood up and put him to the test saying, teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? 
And he said to him, what is written in the law? How does it read to you? And he answered, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. And he said to him, you have answered correctly. Do this and you will live. But wishing to justify himself, he said to Jesus, and who is my neighbor? Okay, so that's important because context is king when you when you study God's word, context is always king, right? And Luke, we happen to know, just so y'all know, if you don't know, the Gospel of Luke is written in chronological order. So we know that what I just read came before this story about the Good Samaritan. The Good Samaritan is a parable to illustrate um, who our neighbor is, right? So... You know, it's interesting because this week in Tennessee, uh, we had a horrific um, tornado come through uh, East Nashville and um, many parts of of Tennessee here, and in, in especially in the Nashville area, um, surrounding areas, some of that. And um, Tuesday morning when I woke up, um, it was raining really hard. And I looked on my phone as I did. I was in Facebook. And one of my girlfriends that I network with had marked herself safe. I'm like, what? What is she marking herself safe from? And anyway, to make a long story short, she was marking herself safe from the, um, the, the tornado, which took place in the middle of the night. Um, and fortunately, Randall and I were about 30 some miles from where it landed and just decimated our area. But the thing is, is when I woke up, I started to feel really, really sad. And I looked outdoors and it was eerie. There's no other word to describe how it felt. It felt heavy. It felt thick. It felt dark. Even though the sun was coming up, it felt eerie. Like there was a like there was a silence across Middle Tennessee, um, and I'm sure only those of you who've ever gone through anything similar can understand exactly what I'm trying to say. So, as the news rolled out about what happened here, um, you know, I connected with a number of my friends. I actually had to lead a networking group on that morning. Um, my friend who's an all-state agent called me up who was supposed to be leading the group. She said, she's like, you have to lead this now. I have to go deal with insurance claims and stuff like that. And, and anyway, to make a long story short, it was also election day. So my other friend who was supposed to be helping, you know, she had to be doing all this other stuff. So our whole morning was like this tag team of, of like, okay, we need to get this done. We need to do this network you need to lead this meeting. You need to do this. You need to do that. Let's just do it. And we were all in, I would say, probably in our own way of shock, but also also in emergency response mode, right? Our, our you know, people needed us. We need to be there. All of a sudden, all over our Facebook group, our local group, posts, un- unity posts, like what I'm telling you, <laughs> That in itself is a miracle. In the, in the big, huge group for Spring Hill, Tennessee, there's never unity. There's always attacking and criticizing and, 
you know, I mean, occasionally there's some good stuff, but I mean, there's just a group of people that just like want to tear people down. Well, even that group, it was mandated. No, be nice people, you know? And so anyway, to make a long story short, you know, all this week, you know, we have, you know, been told, you know, we're raising money for this. We're raising money for that. We need to, you know, get supplies down to Nashville. We need to do this. You know, Edward Jones, people are collecting, you know, diapers and food and, you know, underwear and, you know, all, all the stuff that comes with dealing with a, um, a thing. And good Samaritans do that, right? Uh, we all come together during times when it's really difficult. And so I started thinking, I started thinking about the mental health issues now, the post-traumatic stress and the, the, um, depression, anxiety, grief, and loss that a lot of people are now dealing with that nobody ever talks about, right? Unless you're down there, if you're an emergency responder, you actually go down, you, you know, you can be there, you know, you can do that. And then I was going through some stuff and to make a long story short, I ended up, um, coming across something Janet Parshall had, uh, talked on not too long ago, about a year ago. She was talking about mental health in the church. And she was talking about how sometimes the church fails to meet people where they're at, um, because they don't really know how to meet them. And she told the story of the Good Samaritan. I want to share, I want to share with you basically what she shared with her audience that she was talking to, because I think it's, um, important. And I also think that the events of the week, plus what's going on in our culture as a whole, with the fear mongering from the media, and just in general, you know, where we fall short sometimes where we don't need to. And that is that Jesus was telling this teacher of the law, look, this is the commandment. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind, and then love your neighbor, neighbor as you love yourself. You know, and if you do all that, great. The reality is nobody does it, okay? None of us love God with all our heart, mind, soul, body, and strength, and we just don't do that because that's, we, we just don't, right? I don't know one person, I don't care how godly that they are, no one does that, um, and, but the question is, you think about this, you know, the, the funny thing is, is, is this teacher of the law is talking to the one who created the law, who is the law. And rather than focus on the first one that he was talking about, love the, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, body, and strength. He's like, well, who's my neighbor? <laughs> Completely just, just misses the whole first part. I want to know who my neighbor is. Is that my next door neighbor? Who's my neighbor? And he gives this story, right? Jesus says, okay, here's a man. He's going from Jerusalem to Jericho. He, he got robbed. He, they, the people stripped him. They beat him up. And he went away, leaving him half dead. So here's this dead guy, half dead guy on the side of the road. And a priest comes down the road. And then a Levite comes down. And they both passed and they, they ignored the guy. This is so important for two reasons. Number one, a priest is a religious person, right? A Levite 
is also a religious person. And by the way, Jewish, right? And it was a man who went down on, you know, he believed to be Jewish that was beaten up. But then a Samaritan who's on journey came upon this guy. And what did he do? He felt compassion. And he came to the guy. He bandaged up his wounds, poured oil and wine on them. He put them on his beast and that he brought him to an inn and he took care of him. And then he basically came back to the innkeeper. He said, hey, I'll be back later and I'll pay you whatever else I owe you. And Janet made a really good point when she was talking about this. Because Samaritans to the Jews, first of all, were hated. Just read John chapter 4 and you, you understand that. But here's the thing. The Samaritan didn't care who that guy was. He didn't care that he could have been an enemy or seen as an enemy. He didn't, he didn't care. He cared about that person as a whole. He was the neighbor, right? That person who was wounded, who needed bandage, he needed compassion. Um, he needed supplies like bandages and oil and wine, you know, healing bombs and antiseptic to make that, that person feel better, right? And so the Samaritan provided what was necessary and needed to this neighbor, as Jesus is referring to this guy, the guy that was beaten up and bruised and left to the side of the street, ready to die, even though two religious folk walked on by, right? This is really a sad testimony to the church, by the way. But, and Jesus always calls that out. Jesus bugs people who are religious. Jesus bugs Pharisees. Jesus bugs Sadducees. Jesus bugs the legalistic, you know, people there who think they know the word of God. And he bugs them because he calls out their crap, right? Let's just say it. Meanwhile, an enemy, supposed enemy of religious folk comes in and he does the work that the, the church should be doing. Right. And so Janet made this point, you know, in the context of her speech, which was, you know, mental health, you know, Christians who are broken emotionally or they're dealing with anxiety, depression, post-traumatic stress disorder. Um, you know, maybe they got schizophrenia, maybe they're bipolar, maybe, you know, they're schizoaffective. Maybe, you know, they have um, a severe mental disorder that is not seen per se, and how does the church treat those people? Well, I can tell you from my own personal experience that often the church just kind of sweeps it under the rug. They don't want to deal with it. But here, you know, we have the Good Samaritan taking care of the needs of the broken, of the broken person there that he was rescuing and ministering to. He not only provided compassion, because it says he felt compassion, but then he provided the materials to bind up his wounds and he paid for him. He brought them to an inn or let's say today, you know, if we were to be more compassionate towards those who are struggling emotionally or, 
or with mental health issues or whatever, let's say that that person brought them to a mental hospital to get care, or they brought them to somebody, a therapist or somebody who, um, you know, maybe ran a halfway house if they happen to be a prostitute and they, or a sex trafficking victim and they needed to get help. That person brought them to the inn, but not to drop them off and leave him, but to be there to help him. Because it says here that that Samaritan said, take care of him and whatever more you spend when I return, I'm going to repay you, which said that this guy was going to come back. He was going to abandon this guy. He wasn't going to leave him to be in the pain that he's in, right? And so then Jesus says, which of these three do you think proved to be a neighbor to the man who fell into the robber's hands? And he said, the one who showed mercy toward him. And Jesus said, go and do the same. So I want to share that because, you know, um, sometimes it's hard to show mercy towards someone who you consider an enemy or you may consider somebody that is not good. And I will say that we are not all called to show mercy towards every single person because we're not, we're not, you know, we're not necessarily in the path of every single person. We can't reach out to every single person, but we can show mercy and compassion in different, different ways, you know? Um, and I think that's what's going on in Nashville. And I honestly think, and I've had, Randall and I had this very interesting meeting uh, with a couple that just moved here. And I don't know if they're watching, but if you are, hi. Um, but they came, this couple came to Tennessee because they felt the Lord draw him, draw, draw them here. Um, and also because they believe that there will be a national revival that will break out beginning in Nashville. Okay. Now, what's really interesting to me about that is about four years ago, I had somebody else tell me that as well. And, you know, it's interesting because there is a culture of Christianity in this area, um, but still a lot of real believers who are kind of coming to the surface. You know, there's a lot of nominal Christians, but not necessarily really born again people. And you see who those people are by what they do. And that's what Jesus was trying to get the point across as well is, you know, you can have compassion on somebody who's been nice to you if they're hurting, but try having compassion on somebody nice to you if they've hurt you over and over and over again and they irritate you and, and all that. I mean, you know, some people will snap, um, you know, and it's, it's not easy, right? It's not easy. You know, um, they, they have blood drives and stuff, you know, do you think that if you, you go into a hospital, you're the victim of a, of a wreck or something, and you need a blood transfusion, that that doctor or nurse, whoever it is, is giving you a blood transfusion is going to go, well, I don't know. Did you vote for Trump? Did you vote for whoever? Are you gay? Are you straight? Are you one of those born again, radical feminists, you know, you know, Christians, are you pro-abort? Are you, did, you know, you know what I mean? People don't care. When it comes right down to it, most of the crap that America fights about does not matter. Which is why it, it saddens me to see the sheeple of the world go and buy out stores 
you know, of hand sanitizer, you know, and stuff like that. And I have to tell you something because this is this to me, this is so funny. Hi, Barb. So this this is funny to me. So, oh, my gosh, we're out of hand sanitizer at, this, at Costco or whatever. Right. I'm like, is there any zest? soap on the counter there i mean or how about like palm olive dishwashing detergent i mean people just wash your hands with soap who gives a who who cares about who cares about hand sanitizer you know it it just drives me crazy that people are you <laughs> people don't get suckered into the hysteria that the dumb, stupid liberal media is like throwing out there, you know? It, it's ridiculous. Just love your neighbor. Show compassion to those that you can. You know, you might not be called to every personality type out there, but here's the other thing I'll tell you. And this is controversial, I'm sure. But you know what? Set boundaries. You know, sometimes you can help certain people so much. And if they're not willing to change or, or do anything to help themselves, instead they want to blame you for everything, set boundaries, shut the door, walk away. You know what? You don't have to be abused by somebody who's abusive. You don't have to be somebody that's lied to all the time. You don't have to take crap from people. There's no way, there's nowhere that it says in the Bible that you have to be abused by other believers. You just don't right? I'm just talking the basic context of relationships. It's okay to say, no, I'm bad enough of this and shut the door and walk away. Especially if those people don't repent, they don't see a need to repent because they're so arrogant and prideful in their own flesh that they think they're right about everything, you know, walk away, protect your heart so that you can be ready and strong enough to go out and help somebody else who is humble and who is meek, and who is willing to be served, right? Jesus did it. He walked away. He didn't heal everybody. He didn't heal everybody because of their unbelief. He couldn't even do it in his own hometown, you know. Um, some people asked him to get healed, and he walked away. He didn't do it, right? And if we're supposed to be like him, he is our, you know, he is our example, but here's the thing, you know, you'll hear them, everybody talk, oh, well, Jesus never said this. Jesus did blah, blah, blah. Really? Because I actually read the Bible. <laughs> and usually when somebody says something contrary to what scripture says, it just shows they don't read the Bible. And most people don't read the Bible because if they did, then they wouldn't take most of what the liberals and the people who don't read the Bible talk about as valid because they don't know. And I'll just say this and then we'll get on to the news just really fast. But I, I mean, five years ago or whatever it was, I was in a, a water aerobics class and the teacher was a professed atheist. And I've shared this before, but you, you might be new and maybe you didn't hear it. Anyway, the, the atheistic teacher, you know, she's dancing and, you know, she's doing the water aerobics and I'm doing water aerobics. She knows I'm a Christian. I do this show. And she basically started telling me something that what she she swore up and down was in the Bible. And so I said, well, have you read the Bible? And she's like, nope, I haven't read it. I go, 
Okay, but you said that this is in the Bible. I'm like, and she's like, yeah, well, I know it is. And I'm like, well, how do you know? Because you just admitted you'd never read it. And she goes, well, how do you know? I said, well, I've been reading the Bible about 35 years almost every day. And I have never seen that, what you're saying in the Bible anywhere. Now, if you can go get the Bible and you could find it and show me that, then that'd be great. But, um, you know, it's, it's stuff like that most people don't know how to counteract. Just like people say, judge not, lest you be judged. You, who are you to judge? You evil Christian, you shouldn't be judging anybody. Really? Because what they do is they take out Matthew 7, 1, which says that, but then they're not looking at the context. And then they also don't look at other verses in scripture where we are called as Christians to judge other Christians. So like if you're professing to be a Christian and you're sleeping around and you're like, and then somebody like me will say, <clears throat> why are you sleeping around out of wedlock? Well, who are you to judge? Well, you're, you're calling yourself a Christian, right? Yeah. Who are you to judge? Well, wait a minute. Okay. The Bible's pretty clear about sexual immorality. Just so you know, it just, you know, it's kind of, it's written there in the Bible. Do you, do you read it? No, I don't read the Bible. Well, why not? Well, cause you feel convicted if you do, cause it's right there. You, know, you shouldn't be doing that. Well, who are you to judge me? Well, the Bible says that I'm supposed to judge you because you're in the faith. And the reason we judge other people in the faith is to make sure that we're in the faith so that the church is mature and that we make sure that we're wholly pure and that we can go out, we can be the salt and light that the world needs. Otherwise, we're hypocrites, right? And, and that's, where, um, that's, where, that's where the outsiders like to say, well, I'm never going to church because it's filled with a bunch of hypocrites. Well, it may be, but there's always room for one more, <laughs> you know? Anyway, so it's, it's one of these things where, you know, it's like when you run across somebody who really is a believer, who will, who will, who will confront you on your garbage and then, but do it in love, of course. And it's, it's not because of hate. It's because of actual love. You know, in first Corinthians 13, the Bible says love is patient right? Love is kind. Love is long suffering. You know, um, love does not boast, you know, uh, love focuses on those things of good repute or good reputation, right? Um, these things are the fruit of the spirit, the Holy spirit that we need to be walking out. And even if it's hard, right? It's okay to set boundaries to protect yourself. It's okay to, you know, deal with certain things, but our job is to help people, not hurt them. And when you have Levites and priests walking by and not helping or hurting, you know, not helping or, or anything, then, you know, that's not being neighborly at all. You know, and there's going to come a time, and probably we'll hear about it tomorrow when, we, when I talk to Jeff Kinley about the book, about the Antichrist, you know, there will come a time when the believers are going to be taken out of this world. Literally, we're going to be snapped out, snatched in an instant. The Christians will be gone. And those mockers and scoffers, which Bareface talked about last week, they are going to have a lot of questions and they're going to be going, well, what the heck? You know, 
the Christians aren't here anymore to beat up. And now look at all this evil in the world. How are we going to stand? Well, good luck. Good luck. You know, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be a hard day, right? And here's the other thing. You need to be ready. You need to be ready to die today, not tomorrow, not even two hours from now. You need to be ready to die right now because you do not know when you're going to die. And I tell you what, yesterday at my networking meeting, I had my gavel in my hand and I said to everybody, I tapped it on my table and there's about, I don't know, 20 people or whatever. I tapped it. I said, you know what? I want you all to take this and tap the table as you go. I want you all to feel this gavel in your hand and tap the table. And they all giggled and did it. You know, your minute's going to be up soon. And I'm like, I don't care. And so they all tapped it. And I said, look, that's power in the palm of your hand with our Legal Shield membership. I said, you know what? With my membership, for 25 bucks, you can get your will done. I said, Tuesday, a whole bunch of people lost their lives. I'm pretty sure most of them didn't have a will done because so many of the families that died were all young. I mean, young. Little kids, young 20s, 30s, you know, kids that died with little children. And then I started to, I, I started to cry almost. And I sat down. I'm like, just don't, don't wait. Don't get, don't wait to get it done. You don't know. You know, we got to be air. We got to stop being arrogant and thinking that we do have tomorrow. We don't, unless God decides to let us live to see tomorrow. We don't have it, you know, and I don't mean to be the bearer of bad news, but you know, I have known too many people that didn't see tomorrow, you know, whose families aren't ready, you know, That's why the Bible says that today is the day of salvation. You know, you need to call out on the Lord and get saved because you don't, you're not guaranteed tomorrow. You, you're just not. Um, but I want you to be ready for your eternity, but I also want you to be smart because getting a will done, you know, means that your love letter to whoever is left behind without you, they, they have something legally that's going to help them out. You know, the other thing, get, get life insurance, you know, especially if you're younger, go get as much life insurance as you can, because you don't know, you know, get your, your insurance stuff in order. I know it's boring. It's boring as heck. I mean, snoozeville to me, I don't want to talk about life insurance. I certainly don't want to talk about death insurance. I don't want to talk about my will. I don't want to do any estate planning. It's boring. It's scary. I don't hate, ugh, I hate all of it. But you know what? You got to get it done because sometimes tornadoes hit. Sometimes earthquakes hit. Sometimes hurricanes hit. Sometimes people get hit in cars and die. You know, sometimes airplanes crash. Sometimes people come in and shoot you because they're Islamic and they want to kill you because, you know, you're, you're the infidel. You don't know. I mean, sometimes people just have heart attacks and die. You know, sometimes people get diagnosed with cancer. Like a friend of mine did. One of my best friends in the whole world just had brain surgery this week. Her husband, not not my friend, but her husband. And that literally out of the blue, just boom, brain surgery. So you don't know, you know, you, you don't know. So make sure your eternity is in order. Make sure you're actual affairs are in order 
I can help you with that. You just get in touch with me personally. I know lots of people. And don't put up with crap from people. <laughs> That's my final word on that one. Um, also, Ariel Ministries, just so you know, this is the last month Ariel is sponsoring our show. So, of course, I want to give them a shout out. You guys go to Ariel.org. Don't forget, go there. Go there, save 20%. Go buy their Yeshua series while you can save 20% on it. Uh, buy everything that you want this month because I think you're not going to have that chance next month unless they change their mind, which I don't think they're going to. Um, but go to Ariel.org. Use that coupon code Bible News, you know, and um, do that. I think Periscope's having problems. Um, also, if you want to give to us here, go to BibleNewsRadio.com. And you can just go to the Give page there, forward slash Give. Donate to us. I'd appreciate that. Anything that you can give, we would totally appreciate and thank you in advance for that. And thank you to those of you who are the pillars of the community who uphold us. I appreciate it more than you know. Um, and that's it. So, Randall, do you have any comments on anything before we get actually into the news, which I went a little bit long. Sorry, people. Yeah, go for it. Roll on. Okay, so let's look at... Uh, which one are we using? Okay, that one. Okay, so the media, the liberal media, as we all know and love... Um, they have decided to use the coronavirus to mock Christians, right? To mock Christian faith. And, um, and actually Janet Parcells in the market Facebook page has a actual video. Um, I think it's actually a picture, um, of the pre of the vice president and his team who were praying and asking the Lord for guidance and protection for all who, um, were, who are threatened by this virus. And interestingly, too, I will say that just yesterday here in our area, literally in the county across the street from me, Williamson County, there is, has been a reported case of coronavirus here. They've shut down the schools and stuff. So, you know, there is a threat. I don't think it's a big deal personally. I think the flu is more of a threat. I think getting in a car and getting hit by a car is probably more of a threat than getting this. But anyway... Uh, this article says the left seems to love creating hysteria and mocking Bible-believing Christians, so they couldn't have asked for a better gift than the coronavirus. Not only does it give the media a chance to fuel the fear and fill headlines, but also given them a chance to take another whack at Vice President Mike Pence. Not because he's done anything wrong, of course, but because of what he believes. When a picture circulated of the Vice President praying with his coronavirus emergency team, Extremists saw the opening and pounced. After a week of bashing Pence for not having the experience to lead the response, liberals went ballistic at the idea that the man in charge of America's task force would waste time praying. We are so screwed, Thomas Chatterton Williams posted. By the way, I should say Donald Trump, I think, was supposed to come here into Nashville today, um, the president. Anyway. Others were upset that he dared to bow his head with other agency heads, but one of the worst responses had argued um, come from CNN's Don Lemon, who I believe is a gay guy, before the picture when he, when he argued, is that the person you want in charge of the coronavirus outbreak? Someone who needs to pray on something instead of looking at science? I don't have a problem with praying. I have a problem with someone who's allowing people to die because he doesn't want to look at science to save lives. The irony of that comment 
from a gay guy. Hmm. I yeah. <laughs> That's another show right there. But anyway, this is the first of all, who said the vice president isn't looking at the science just because the vice president is a Christian doesn't mean he's ignoring the research. On the contrary, the people who say faith is incompatible with science or healthcare either don't have a grasp of history or intentionally ignoring it to fit their narrative. Throughout the human experience, Christians have been behind this, the discovery of some of the most of some of the world's most important vaccines and treatments. Here's a news flash: It's Christians that started pretty much the medical field in general. Uh, it's Christians that started all the relief agencies. You don't see the atheists of America down, you know, in Nashville trying to, you know, do anything, do you? The Salvation Army, the Red Cross, all the relief agencies are all headed up by believers. They're the ones that create it. So without Christians in the world, there wouldn't be a whole lot of help anywhere. But that's beside the point. Anyway, this article goes on to say not only that, but the entire hospital network in his country and others is dominated by the Catholic Church and other religious affiliates. To suggest that religion and science are mutually exclusive is not only ignorant, but insulting. The entire country, Mike Huckabee argues, should have found it reassuring when the president appointed Vice President Mike Pence to coordinate the Trump administration's coronavirus response efforts. He has direct experience with this type of work, having overseen India's, Indiana's rather, public health system as governor in 2014 when the first U.S. case of the MERS, Middle East Respiratory, Respiratory Syndrome, virus, a deadlier version of the coronavirus, emerged in that state. The left is ridiculing him to get a political advantage. The left is stupid. I mean, it's like... So instead of actually arguing on the merits of anything that the left believes, they just mock instead. Mockers and scoffers, people. Um, <clears throat> anyway, President Trump said argued, but this shouldn't be a political thing. He's right. Nor Representative Greg Murphy, RNC, a Republican of North Carolina, pointed out on Washington Watch with guest host Representative Jody Heiss, a Republican Georgia. Should any of us be panicking to begin with? A medical doctor himself, Murphy, has watched the coverage spiral out of control when he explains the lethality rate here in the United States or actually outside of China has been less than 1%, so it's not nearly as lethal as the other viruses that have been encountered. People need to worry more about getting the flu, Dr. Murphy insisted. The regular old flu. That doesn't mean we shouldn't be cautious and smart, but it does mean we shouldn't overreact. We're going to have to change our habits a little bit, but there's no reason whatsoever for panic. You know, a lot of people have put a big rush now on getting face masks. Those are totally not necessary. The face masks do nothing to prevent somebody from getting the virus. What they do is if somebody has the virus, it decreases the amount of secretions that they actually push out. So again, it really goes back to basic techniques of just making sure you're washing your hands and decreasing the amount of human contact, handshaking, those kinds of things in the next few months. And hopefully this will not nearly be the calamity that some are screaming that is going to be. Now, it's funny because my friends at Pickleball, we go like this. Fist bump. Yeah. Mm -hmm. My friend, who's who Doug, who's got cancer, he plays Pickleball because he goes in for chemo and then he comes 
By the way, this is just a word to those of you out there who are like, well, I can't do anything. I'm disabled. But you can walk, you can breathe, you can do all this other stuff. My friend Doug goes to chemo and then he comes and he plays pickleball. Just saying, people. If Doug can go to chemo and come and play pickleball, you can go for a walk around the block. Just saying. Anyway, that's just an aside. Anyway, it says here, as for Don Lemon's comments that Mike Pence isn't qualified to deal with this because he has faith, that's flat out absurd. <clears throat> you know, people have said, what does he know about science? What does he know about infectious disease? He doesn't have to know anything about them. A leader is someone who gathers around them smart individuals of different areas of expertise and helps coordinate a response. And that's what he's doing. He will have doctors in the room. He will have epidemiologists. He'll have hospital administrators. He'll have military in the room, all putting their heads together and their areas of expertise together to continue to mount a response to this problem. So that's, so that, that's irresponsible reporting. That's a bad sentence there, but whatever. And when it comes to prayer, Representative Heiss went on for crying out loud, you know what, I want people praying for our country and for protection um, on this and the more the better as it comes to addressing what could be a pandemic type scenario for our country. So that's was originally published on the Family Research Council's um, page. <clears throat> Bearface, do you have a comment? No, I do not. Of course, that was a comment. Okay. But no, I really don't have a comment. Yeah, I agree. Um, there are far more deaths from the flu uh, every year, like thousands in this country, surprisingly, shockingly. And um, so those have been contacting, have come into contact, have been infected with coronavirus. Fatality rate is like 1%. I mean, which is which is sad that it would be fatal to anyone. But um, it's usually flu. older people or right. people who have um, respiratory problems or they're already got a weakened immune system. Right. <clears throat> I mean, uh, Ebola came into this nation there's a high much higher fatality rate and infectious rate and i don't recall all the you know hype and everybody out you know rushing out to walmart to get their hand this hand sanitizer and stuff like that um you know because it was pretty much contained when someone was you know uh, you know, identified that had been exposed to it or infected with it, you know, the person was quarantined, whatever. It didn't, whereas um, it, you know, ravaged much of Africa, especially mm -hmm. uh, West Africa, with um, uh, because of, uh, I guess, I don't know, I guess because of poor protocols, hygiene protocols, stuff like that. Uh, you know, there were people, a number of people, in fact, with Ebola in this country. And I mean, we're not talking about it today. Right. I mean, years have gone by. So here's something that's less infectious, um, less, you know, less, um, what do you say? What do you say when something has a, a lesser fatality rate? It's usually not fatal, you know, 1%, whatever. Right. It, it's it's not it's not half the disease <laughs> Ebola is and yet 
uh, and there's been fewer infections, et cetera, and somehow the sky is falling. Right. So that's my comment. By the way, I say hi to Phyllis, too. Hey, Phyllis. Thank you for watching the show. I'm so glad that you watch. It means a lot to me that you tune in. Um, Phyllis is a friend of mine. Yeah, you are. Um, okay. So Larry Olson, Ken, and Steven, and Richard also, they liked our show tonight. So thank you guys for doing that. I don't know if you're still watching, but apparently there's a couple of you out there on Facebook. If you just said hi on Facebook, I would say hi back. Hey, Stacy, what did you study for your master's degree? I have a, I have a um, master's degree in clinical psychology um, because I used to be a marriage and family therapist many years ago. Okay, so next story I want to um, talk about is the one, not a page gone, cop, cops find, I like that cops, they call them cops, cops, <clears throat> cops find intact family Bible among Tennessee tornado wreckage. Um, I always find that, you know, we cover Bible stories like this all the time. Um, but here in Tennessee, I would be surprised if they didn't find a Bible because this is the Bible Belt. So it says here, these are treasures as Tennessee residents continued cleanup efforts after tornadoes ravaged the area. First responders found a nearly unscathed Bible among the wreckage. I found the Holy Bible here. There's not a page gone in this Bible. A Sparta Police Department cop identified as Officer Denton told WVLT-TV. It's a family Bible. We'd like to find out whose family Bible it is. Usually in the front of it, you know, they've <laughs> put names in there. At least two additional Bibles were found in the wreckage with police looking to return these items to their rightful owners. Watch, wa watch. Okay, then it says here, I guess there must have been a video. In the midst of such pain, devastation, and loss, these personal belongings, especially Bibles, will surely bring solace to families. Only if they read them. <laughs> well, some people just like having one close by, you know, like a rabbit's foot or something like that. <laughs> Next thing you know, they'll be selling Bible covers that have rabbit's feet hair on it. Anyway, it says here, these are treasures. The TV reporter conducting the interview proclaimed, noting that people will surely want to reclaim such items. This is the worst thing I've ever seen, Denton added of the devastation. Please continue to pray for Tennessee as cleanup continues and as at least 24 deaths have been reported. And I do have some good news, too. One of the good news things that my, my, um, my, um, my, um. Again, my fuzzy I'm, slipper came off. Sorry. Fuzzy okay, well, I <coughs> through microphone, so I was filling in oh, for what they couldn't hear. One of the one of the good news. Oh, hey, Paul, over there on Facebook. So one of the um, good news stories I saw there was about seventy seven people missing at one point. They couldn't find them. Of course, usually when people are missing, you don't know where they're at, and they usually end up dead. Well, it turns out that the majority of them were actually alive. And so they found them. And so the fatalities, I haven't heard go above 25. Have you Have you seen anything? The last I read, uh, which was... Anybody else out there? Can you yesterday, I think, was that there was... Uh, the missing person was down to one. It was a missing person. Okay. I don't know if that person has been located. Uh, well, but yeah, the people just actually missing unaccounted for not well not deceased, yeah 
Because you know what? This tornado, they they said that this tornado literally was on the ground for an hour and it went about 50 miles. One of them. And there was more than one tornado. Yeah, That's the thing. But this was like the huge one. And there was a guy. Um, did you see this footage? That he was in a crane. He was a crane operator. And he was up inside the actual crane you know he was enclosed inside the crane wow and he took his phone out and he started videotaping the actual tornado because there's no way he could get down there's it just was coming too fast Mm. anyway he lived to tell about it wow you know but and he was recording swearing and stuff but whatever i think i would probably you know understandable saying gods you know but he was saying make sure you tell my wife i love her and you know stuff like that (laughs) but um some some miracle stuff took place. I mean, there's no doubt in my mind that there was a gazillion miracles that took place mm. that we don't know about, you know. Um, yeah, and then how you, you know, juxtapose that with the, the loss of life and property, I don't know. Yeah. Well, you know, you know, things can be replaced. People can't. Right. You know, and... You know, if something, God forbid, would ever happen to us, you know, there's probably two or three possessions that I would really just hope that I could take. But if I couldn't, you know, you can't be replaced. You know, my animals can't be replaced. That's the other sad part about this, too. So many animals were displaced. Yeah, I was. um... um, And lost. I confess during your opening monologue, I was I looking saw, at that. I saw what you posted. You posted something in the animal. In the, yeah, I heart my dog. Because because this morning in prayer, I was like, well, what can I do, Lord? And then it just, and it just struck me that, well, there's, there are people separated from their pets. Mm-hmm. They're looking know? for homes, foster homes and stuff. Yeah, some were taken to Chicago. That's not, anyway. Mm. But... Anyway, but I thought, well, if there's someone you know that's currently in the shelter and so they can't either away from them, they can't take their animal. It's great that the local animal shelters are waiving, you know, you know, redemption fees or whatever, they're, and they're boarding the dogs for free until you can be reunited with the owner. So um, I was thinking, well, you know, if we could take a dog in or something like that, that was, you know, for a week or something until it got reunited with his owners, but. Uh, the uh, Metro Animal uh, Care Center, whatever, Davidson County, is has an Amazon wish list up uh, for stuff, you know, to care for all these additional animals they've brought in and will be taken care of until they can be reunited with your owners. See, and that's the other thing about Tennessee. Almost everybody in Tennessee has an animal. Pretty much. I mean, I'm not saying every single person does, but I know... I know very few people who don't have some type of animal here. I mean, most of my friends have dogs or cats or other, like, horses, goats, you know. Um, my friend Kim, her uh, her her goats just had kids. <laughs> in, the truest sense, in the truest sense of the word, kid, she actually posted about it on Facebook. I busted up laughing when she said, yeah, she just had five more kids. And it made she's me got... laugh because it was literally, that's... It, the goats are kids, so yeah, she's got several goats that have been bearing, and yeah, yeah, and they're cute little things, too. Of course, they are, yeah, they are. They're small to begin with, and yeah, so the, the juvenile goats are so. Uh, well, you know, our show is basically over here, 
Um, but I do want to like open it up. If you guys have any comments or questions, maybe for a minute or two, we can address them if you have any. Um, um, let's see, I don't know. Periscopes clearly have an issues because it is, but whatever. If you guys have any comments or questions, if you don't, then we're going to sign off. Um, I, I will, ooh, actually, let me do one more story. Did I send you the the University of Utah one? Yeah, you want to do that one? Yeah, I'll do that one. Let's just nix the other one because, um, yeah, I don't want to give that dude any pub publicity. Forget that. But this story, in case you haven't heard this story, University of Utah warns students of suspicious Bible study invitations. Now listen to this. It says here, Salt Lake City. Uh, University of Utah campus police are warning students about suspicious invitations to purported late-night Bible study sessions. According to a safety alert sent to students Thursday, multiple female students have been approached and asked over the past month to join a Bible study believed to be associated with the God, with the God, the Mother Group, an international church based in South Korea. The individuals making the invitations typically claim they are for events on campus near the university library and in the middle of the night. Police, uh, campus police acknowledge the behavior is not illegal, but said the activity has alarmed students. The God the Mother group has been the source of similar complaints on over a dozen college campuses, including Portland State University, Texas State University, and the University of South Carolina although no criminal activity has been reported. The group has been accused of having ties to human trafficking, but these claims are unsubstantiated, the U Safety Alert noted. Police are actively attempting to locate and identify these individuals to learn more about their intentions and discuss their approaches. In most reported instances, there have been two individuals involved, with at least one being a woman, <laughs> according to the alert. Incidents occurred in and around the Union Building, uh, Gardner Commons and the campus store campus police said so here's an idea people <laughs> the first thing I would do if I had time would be I would go to the internet and I would google the God the mother group and just look it up and see if there's a statement of faith on their website it kind of sounds like a cult to me I don't know I don't know anything about this but I'd be like, huh, I wonder if there's any info. I'll go to the internet and I'll Google and find out. And then if I could confirm, you know, from some official website having to do with this, I might go, okay. But then here's, here's an idea. The second thing would be, well, why don't you actually go to one of the Bible studies and actually see for yourself if it's a legit study. Bring a gun if you're a cop. No big deal, right? Um... I don't, I don't know, Bareface, what do you think? What do you think of this story? Well, <laughs> yeah, it's kind of Bible like in the middle of the night, like midnight, come to Bible study. It's kind of weird and inviting women. Of course, I'd be kind of creeped out. I don't care who it was coming to, hey, you want to come to this Bible study in the middle of the night? But if it's South um, Korea, it kind of makes sense. If well, if its bearings are from South Korea because Christian persecution is rampant in North Korea and the Christian church is open in South Korea. 
So it could be an evangelistic tactic from the actual South Koreans. Maybe it's legit. Who knows? But if it's if it's if it's God the Mother, right? Which means it's stupid. Yeah. Um, no yeah. offense if you're part of the God the Mother Church, but just saying. Uh, Chang Gilja and um, she's believed to be God the Mother, and yeah, it's 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 a cult basically. Um, well, then in this case, it's good that they're warning people of it. Yeah. So. I noticed here on Google, it says uh, there's this article from September. It says, God, the Mother Church cleared of human trafficking claims. That's good. Um, uh, it says, God, the Mother is a Christian church. No, it's not. A link to the World Mission Society Church of God that believes in God the Father and God the Mother. And, um, and of course, like all cults, they're claiming to restore the truth. You know, it's been corrupted because they and, don't read the Bible. Yeah, well, they do, and they don't agree with it. And so the <laughs> the uh, they can assert their claims. Oh, this has been corrupted. It's not, despite you know, don't 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 pay attention to the this manuscript. We have evidence. We have this thousands of years old, and 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 is consistent. Uh, it's been consistent. You know, uh, you know what, what we have today. And the original language agrees with these manuscripts that are centuries old. Never mind that. It's just take our word for it. It's been corrupted. <laughs> yeah, and it's like all the, you find these people on YouTube saying, "Well, the Bible was invented, uh, you know, in in the fourth century, and blah 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 was written in uh, Constantine." I'm like, "All right, you people have a lot of faith." Because they didn't just invent a Bible with old New Testaments. They planted the Dead Sea Scrolls. They invented these early church fathers that wrote and wrote all their writings that reference Scripture, that, that quote Scripture in them, and put them in ancient libraries. And Yeah. Anyway. To anybody who comes along... Yeah, but see, the average Christian The World know Missionary that, Society, Church of God, or the Mormon Church, or Jehovah's... Whoever comes says, well, the Scriptures have been corrupted, and... Yeah, just ignoring, uh, just overwhelming manuscript evidence that they've been preserved uh, throughout the centuries. Even atheists will tell you as much. Sorry, they don't believe the content, but you know, um, those in the field, those who are familiar with ancient literature will tell you that when it comes to the preservation of the Bible, that it's 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 unparalleled over the centuries. They don't necessarily agree with the content or believe in it, but even, like I say, unbelievers will tell you that it's not been corrupted over the years and blah, blah, blah. It's actually been, I would say, miraculously preserved over the centuries. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's a no-brainer. I mean, it's a no-brainer if you think and you do any research, but, you know, I can usually tell right away how biblically literate somebody is if they start attacking the Bible or talking about how great they know it. Or they'll say, it's, been, like, it's been translated so many times. Yeah. Like, they think it's been translated from Greek into Latin into German into, you know, that it's been translated so many times in succession that we don't know. Yeah. Like the telephone game. No, yes, it has been translated many times in many languages, always from the source languages. Well, that's why I'm loving doing two Bible studies. I get mm. I get to to do a Zoom Bible study with a couple of my listeners, 
couple of you out there, which I'm glad that you're in the study. And, and then, of course, I'm happy that I get to do a Bible study with some of my girlfriends that are business people. And it's, it's really cool. It's very cool. So, um, all right. So let me remind you people tomorrow interview with the Antichrist. His hour has come. Uh, Jeff Kinley, who is the president of Main Thing Ministries and the host of the Vintage, Vintage Truth podcast. He's the author of 32 books and speaks around the country on the subject of Bible prophecy. And they live in Arkansas. Yeah, they do. So you can learn more by going to jeffkinley.com right there. You can also find him on Facebook at jeffkinley.com or at jeffkinley. Um, but yeah, this book has been doing good. You can go to Amazon. You can check it out. You can look at the reviews. You can see what people have been saying about it. Um, but we're going to be here tomorrow, 8 p.m. Central Time, talking to Jeff. Jeff is great. He's a, he's a great guy. He's one of my favorite prophecy guys that I've met and had the privilege of staying in touch with and being a, being a friend. So that's pretty cool. All right. Well, hey, everybody. Um, I think that that is pretty much the show. I hope and pray that you all continue to feel well. Use common sense. Just wash your hands with soap, people. And not like this. And don't do this. You know, like have the water go like that. Actually, just use the soap. Like 10, 15, 30 seconds. Just do it. And then, uh, you know, you'll be good. Lord willing. Um, I think, you know, for, uh, one, my, my massage therapist who just gave me a massage earlier tonight, uh, doing a bartering thing. I have, I, it's such a good thing. But anyway, she was saying, I went to the store to buy Kleenex. Not because I, I'm worried about the flu, but because it's allergy season. <laughs> I need something to blow my nose. Uh, yeah, but anyway. Um, so stay well. Um, you know, be a good neighbor. Don't be a Levite. Don't be a priest. <laughs> That's context in the beginning of the show. I'm not. I'm not saying don't. Anyway, you, those of you who watch the whole show, you get that. Um, feel free to send us your feedback. BibleNewsRadio.com. By the way, we just put out three hundred more dollars to keep our website up for the next year, uh, which really wasn't in my budget. So please go over there. <laughs> Please go over to BibleNewsRadio.com and send me an email through the website just so I, I can go, yay, I, I paid for that. So stand up there. Go over there. Um, and uh, and we'll be back tomorrow night with, with Jeff. So I hope you enjoy the thing. If you guys have any questions for Jeff, feel, feel free to send those to me an email or through my website. Um, or if you're a friend of mine already on Facebook or, or wherever, then you can send me that. And, and I'll ask him during the interview. Okay? So... All right, Bareface, thanks for always producing our show. It's super good the way that you do. I love you for it. Of course, I Aww. love you. Oh, I love you forever. Um, and we'll see you guys tomorrow. Remember, be bold. Yeah, stand up and go with God, people, because he loves you. Get your will done.